0: Hi there, this is Rocky and it's been my pleasure to host a Servers Journey podcast over the past three years. Recently, Larry and I have taken a short hiatus to reimagine what the future holds for this podcast. So we ask that you join us in the fall as we start a new season with fresh content. In the meantime, we reviewed some of the past episodes and we found a few that we think you might be needing to hear. As always, we thank you for listening so regularly and we need you now more than ever. So we ask that you please reach out on our social media, let us know the things you want us to talk about, and as always, like us, subscribe, leave us reviews, and share with your friends. So Larry, crank up this episode and let us know how it affected your journey of serving. Honestly, we're all on the same path of being a leader and thus the title of Server's Journey.
1: I understand you, you, up, you came up with a theme here of what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, so you know we we talked a lot about what it means to be a personally be a servant leader, and that's wonderful. Um, but I think what I've noticed is you might be doing your best to become a servant leader, and then realize the organization that you're in, the existing organization, isn't very service orientated, and maybe Ooh. you know maybe you're dealing with a lot of people that you hired pre your, you know, change, mm-hmm. your, uh, you know, rebirth as a servant leader. And so we're going to be talking over the next several episodes about how do you get now, now that you've changed, how do you get people, how do you hire talent that maybe already have some service attributes, some service desires, or maybe even the yeah.
1: people around you that you're working
0: with. That's right. Yeah. Cause hopefully what you'll find is, Everybody in your organization can either get on the train willingly and and happily or get on the train over time. Sometimes you got to stop off and and you know ask one or two to leave unfortunately but
1: <laughs> I love your philosophy there but right. it's it's good for the team it's good for them cuz they're not they're not productive in what they're doing and they're probably yeah.
0: and they're not going to be happy in that right. kind of organization but you know of course you always do your best to try to keep them on the train right uh, but you know and inevitably you're going to have to let somebody go and so when you're looking to hire fresh talent you don't want to hire the same person. You want to hire a person who's already got these attributes.
1: Fantastic. I want to hear more about that. But first, uh, you know, we partnered with ACS Creative in yeah. developing our website. And when it comes to creating a website, it pays to go to the pro.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And they I can tell you, they do everything. Brochures, logos, direct mail, ad campaigns, websites. And the best thing, Larry, is we always say they don't, don't play, play game games with, with your, your money.
1: money. Yeah. yeah. So contact ACS Creative. Really? Well, how do you identify and hire servant leaders?
0: Okay. So we're going to talk about that, Larry. Again, okay. you mentioned how do you how to identify and hire servant leaders, which mm-hmm. really should be our goal once we get on this this um, path. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we should
1: path. Yes, that's a very good word.
0: So what you, what you have to do is you have to start looking for people that during the interview process, y- you want to look for people who make service a priority, mm. okay? Um, and you want to look for people that kind of have that one-for-all mess uh, musketeer mentality without the all-for-me in return. Mm.
1: So that's what it sounds like.
0: That's right, yeah. Because, you know, servant leaders strive to do more than your typical do-gooder. Mm-hmm. And so now you want to surround yourself with people that are just like that. Mm-hmm. So. Larry, have you had any uh, experience with that?
1: Well, yeah, I feel like I've been a team player and I always look for people that want to do it. And I love the fact that you're saying you got to look for someone that wants to be a team player.
0: And, And you know what the weird thing too is that, you know, despite all the education that we have now, if you ask many professionals, they still carry around the idea that leaders tell employees what to do, the staff falls in line, and that's the end of it but that's not the end of it. And I think when you identify and you hire servant leaders and you also are a servant leader, you're gonna see tremendous benefits um, throughout your company because they're gonna be dedicated to their mission, the service, and the community.
1: Wow. And you know, I've I've worked with in one location where there was always someone that had better ideas to come forth, and sure. top management
0: really wouldn't listen. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, you've got to know, you've got to create a space where it's okay to intelligently and um, positively approach with new ideas. Because I've seen some people that they bring you a great idea, but they're just such jerks doing it, you know. <laughs> and you just right. don't want to hear, you know, you know the kind of person who. If they're on fire and you've got a bottle of water, you don't want to put them out. You know, you, you know. Yeah, I shouldn't say that, but you know, you know how you know what I'm trying to say. You, you you definitely want team players, and team players approach with their ideas in the right way too. But man, if they come and they do it in the right way, and the the yeah. our organization won't listen to them, it's a mess.
1: It's a mess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so what are you going to look for? What are right? one of the one of the things? Yeah. So, first of all, you're you're, you're going to look for somebody who's got high moral and ethical standards, mm-hmm. right? Which just kind of makes sense. And you know, you're going to have to figure out. And we'll talk a little bit about this when we talk about our our interviewing at Chick Fil A, that you know, questions that you can ask that that are legal, that maybe you can ascertain whether people have some of this. But, mm. but here's the deal: one study indicated that the most important value to make, uh, or one of the most important values that makes an effective leader was the possession of a high moral and ethical standard. And that was at like 67%. That was like the number one thing that made an effective leader. Mm, mm-hmm. The uh, Of course, that's followed by things like communicating intent at 56%, um, and then thorough leadership leadership feedback, and participation.
1: Okay, how do you ask a question? Do you have high morals and ethical yeah. standards?
0: Yeah, so of course you can't really ask that question because who's going to say, no, I'm, I'm pretty much a cheese ball. You know, I mean, right. nobody's going to say, no, I have no morals. Mm-hmm. But I think what you try to do is you try to get to know them um, and you try to create an environment within an interview where they tell you what really makes them tick. And you can ask things like, hey, have you ever volunteered before? And if you have, what organizations do you volunteer with? Mm. Hey, what are your passions in life? Mm -hmm. Hey, tell me about your family. And you can tell a lot about people. So people that, you know, in general, care deeply about their kids or their spouse, um, people that volunteer uh, quite a bit out in the community, uh, people that know what their passion is, they tend to have higher moral and ethical standards. Mm, And, And then, you know, also like, uh, you can't ask about religious um, affiliation, yeah. but but if you ask them about their passions and they say, "Oh my gosh, I go to synagogue every Friday," or "I go to this is my church,"
1: like off the cuff, yeah, that, that yeah. Guy comes yeah. in. Well, you
0: still know that they're they're at least at the very least trying to live some sort of moral life. Yeah. You
1: know? Now, do these attributes uh, create a sense of trust in the establishing a safe work environment?
0: I think that. That when when this type of environment is in place, uh, everybody feels safe, employees relax, and also neuro- neurologically, their brain's capacity for creativity and innovation, ambition, and social engagement are more likely to fire. Hmm. People tend to be a lot more creative and innovative in a safe space because they're not second-guessing um, hey, am I going to get in trouble for this? Mm -hmm. uh, But, uh, you know, again, a a lot of this really starts with high moral ethical standards, um, communicating clear intent, et cetera.
1: So does a leader have the door open? Is it like an open door (coughs) policy?
0: Yeah. um, Service leaders, you know, of course, we're kind of going back into what a leader does. But again, service leaders, they have to say the door is always open and they have to mean it. Likewise, they will not stand for others cheating or taking an unfair advantage. And they really, in general, promote hard work and personal effort and not perks like people they like.
1: And sometimes hard work is not really that hard. It's doing something that gets a job done. That's right.
0: But then again, uh, you know, or maybe I should say in addition, they're not going to stand for harassment. And um, they're going to kind of create that environment that's safe and it's going to attract people then that want to stay. And these people that want to stay will have high morals and And, and standards. And
1: that all works together. Yeah,
0: yeah, yes. Because you're creating an environment where your team is willing to take risks and and then they know, they trust that the service leader is going to be good with
1: that. Yeah, but if you take a risk, you're not going to be shot down or at least you're encouraged to do something.
0: Yep okay and then larry the second thing i would say is that you're looking for somebody who has um an, an expression somehow of empathy and who seems to be emotionally intelligent about others
1: hmm. now how do you see that when you do an interview
0: yeah so uh, you know again if, if if you ask somebody hey uh, you know what's your passion and they talk uh, they go on and on about how oh my gosh i love kids I volunteer at this uh, organization, or oh, um, I, um, I work with this nonprofit that um, helps rehabilitate homeless people that have, you know, addictions, or oh, I, I volunteer every Thursday at the um, South Lake Animal Shelter. In other words, when, when they start, like you can tell if it's just their stick or if they're really passionate, if they're really empathetic toward others and maybe people that are less fortunate than them, hmm. and then. Also, you're able to follow up that where you can ask them questions specific about um, are they emotionally intelligent? So, hey, have you ever had an issue where maybe you didn't agree with somebody at one of your volunteering or at a previous job? Talk mm. to me about how you got through that. Mm. But what you're trying to discern is, you know, is this person empathetic with the plight of others? And are they able to be emotionally intelligent and get through Um any kind of argument that might happen.
1: So what's what's important here is you're seeing people that you're gonna be hiring, Yeah. but these are people that maybe become the leaders, yes. the servant leaders that you're looking for to grow the organization.
0: Yeah, well, and, and again, service leaders, so we're gonna focus on sharing and understanding the feelings of their employees. And mm-hmm. their customers, but when you hire in people that are already expressing empathy and emotional intelligence, they're going to do the same thing within your organization. And like you said, they're probably going to be somebody that could, in the future, become leaders themselves.
1: The, the leader, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah,
0: because yeah. you know this, you know this attributes empathy and emotional intelligence. It really allows um, people to kind of approach situations from a place of trust. There's that word again, and build strong relationships with other employers and um, allows them to kind of give people the benefit of the doubt it it really gets down to they seem to be better at trusting that the intentions of others stem from a good place and not a bad place
1: now i knew someone that always thought that they were going to be the leader to start with but how do you transition someone from being on the bottom to the top how do they how do you see that growth Uh,
0: you know i think some people honestly you know Every once in a while, you'll find a person who they just have it. They're just a natural leader. Mm -hmm. And with them, you're kind of more just uh, trimming the tree a little bit. In other words, they already have the leadership ability. You're just kind of shaping it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I believe that even people that aren't naturally gifted as leaders can develop into solid leaders. And I think it's just you give them a little bit. You see how they do. You have constant, uh, you clearly communicate, uh, you know, the goals. And then you have constant feedback sessions where you share with them ways that they can improve.
1: When you're hiring someone from very young or even the, I know you hire people that are mature in age. But do you see them as coming in and working to be in a leading position? I mean, because you've got to have workers someplace. Yeah. So, you, you,
0: you you know, you kind of gauge the person. Some people, you know, hey. Um, they come in they want a job that's it they just want to work come in do their you know do a great job and then go home and that's okay some people are not risk takers some people like comfort
1: but that's a good service
0: absolutely and and you and you need those people but then you can normally tell pretty quickly if somebody has um, a goal to be a leader
1: Mm. because they step up they have ideas right they come to you
0: yeah but you know when when you're looking at your, your team and when you're hiring for a good team, I, I can't stress enough that a highly developed emotional intelligence, this ability is probably the, it, it's one of the most lacking in society today, but it's one of the most important because these people that are emotionally intelligent, they're, they're uh, emotionally intelligent, they're, they're able to accurately sense others' emotions. They're able to kind of self-regulate their own you know, vo- vo- uh, voice and tone they're able to encourage people when they need to be encouraged and they kind of help create a real positive work environment.
1: Now do you see this starting when you're very young? Where does this start?
0: Yeah I think that um, and this kind of goes back to it too because for my industry I'm hiring a lot of young people and I, I really believe that um, hiring young people it, you naturally get servant servant or people that are attracted to being servants Hmm. for for the most part they haven't been beaten down (laughs) you know they're not as cynical um but uh, you know most of the kids that we see they they demonstrate an uncanny need to serve others um from from their childhood really i mean you know from being uh you know even from their younger days so that's what i would say look for somebody who if they're not young um look for somebody that seems to have an urge to serve hmm okay um so there's a, a great sometimes you know it's taught larry from their parents um but sometimes it's just it's an uncanny ability that they have i mean you know from 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 when they're kids
1: well they see this more than just an obligation to yeah. work
0: yeah and and you know obligation like service as an obligation it's not wrong i mean many people do it in fact i think even if you don't feel like serving others you have to do it as an obligation as a servant leader. You're not always going to feel like serving, but you have to kind of like catch you know, get yourself in check and serve. Um, even, even if it's internally, you're seeing it as an obligation. You still have to do the, the actions out, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you're right. A lot of these uh, people, especially if you can sense that urgency to serve, they don't see it as an obligation. Uh-huh. So, um, These efforts, Larry, um, you know, if you can find somebody with a real urge to serve, they tend to, um, you know, stem from the urge itself and not obligation. Mm -hmm. Um, Many teens, you know, growing up, um, they face difficulties, difficulties. You know, sometimes they have trouble developing follow through, et cetera, cetera, on an action plan. Mm -hmm. But, but for uh, an organization that's really a service organization, or if you're trying to create that culture, you have to find purpose-driven and meaningful service under others. uh, That's more than just a requirement.
1: Well, you went through that as a child. I mean, as a kid, as a teenager, right? Yeah. Adolescent? Are you qualified to be an adolescent?
0: I'm not an adolescent any anymore, anymore. but, but you yes. kind of went through that. Yeah, I absolutely
1: did. But you found an organization that helped you become a better leader.
0: Right. I think that I always had the urge to serve others. I think I, you know, as we talked about, I sometimes had trouble with follow-through or um, my urge to serve was based on how I felt at the moment. When I got with Chick Fil A, I was able to really see that no, you don't serve, no matter you know it, only when you feel like it. You serve all the time. It's the obligation to the customer who's paying, and it's an obligation to your team that, mm-hmm. that you're leading. So they they definitely did a good job of streamlining.
1: So serving today is is an important thing.
0: Yeah, that that's what I would say also when you're talking to people, when you're interviewing people, you want to look for people that are actively serving today. It's different if they said, oh, I'm 30, when I was 15, I was a Boy Scout. Okay, that's good, but it shows a pretty big gap. So mm-hmm. what have you done since 15? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's great that you had an urge to serve as, as, as a youth, as a, as a young person, but you want to see if their service to others continues to the present day. Um, and you kind of want to ask evidence, you know, hey, talk about some of the things that you've done to serve others that's really, really worked. How have they helped um, build a better community or how have you helped the world at large, etc.? cetera. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Jake Harriman says, servant leaders must put themselves last in order to finish first. Um, Boy, they, who said that? That was uh, Jake Harriman.
1: Yes, but I believe that came from a spiritual quote as well, right? Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that? He, well,
1: he just paraphrased.
0: Yes, yes. Well, of course. I think most most um, wisdom is found in... In the scripture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Evidence of actively serving the community outside of work will be present for sure in, in most people. Most people can talk about it. And the more they talk about it, the more you can tell that this person is probably ha- has a bent towards a service to others.
1: And if they start young in their youth, they'll probably continue with that, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, somebody who... Had that urge to serve others from when they were um, small or young, um, they tend to have a real depth of you know to them around service to others
1: and with a purpose and a dedication of learning, yeah, and conducting meaningful work to create a positive change.
0: That's right. Yeah, and that's hiring managers. You know, we should look for a combination of high ethical standards, Larry, strong emotional in te- uh, intelligence, uh, and urge and evidence of active service unto others. These are people that you're hiring into your organization, but they're also people that in the future could become leadership candidates.
1: And that's what we're looking for as the servant leaders. But I think servant leadership, it sounds like you can start at the youth, you know, when you're young.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think, you know, part of Chick-fil-A's success is that we get to tap into this young group, you know, ages 16, sometimes even as young as 15 to 20s. And they are typically already gear toward this and so all we get to do is kind of prod them in the right direction yeah you know?
1: okay so you're kind of on a hiring uh gig right now right yeah, because yes. you're opening up a second store that's correct yeah and so i guess hiring is really on the top of your mind because you have to hire a whole new store
0: right yeah we're looking for you know to more than double and
1: well by the time we air this yeah you're going to be open
0: <laughs> yes we'll either be crashing or we'll be <laughs> burning no so, no yeah, <laughs> yeah it's possible.
1: Okay, so have you? how's your hiring process been?
0: So we um, have found quite a lot of really good people, um, but sometimes you don't really know. Like, you do all these things, there. You're looking for people that have high emotional intelligence. You're looking for people with high moral standards and evidence of service. And then you put them in your organization, and you see how they work. And some will succeed, and some won't. Because all those things could be true, but they might not have the proper work ethic. Uh, etiquette, mm. or they might be emotionally intelligent, but they might not always use it.
1: Uh, the work ethic, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. So you've been to a lot of store openings, haven't you? Yeah, yes. And you see a lot of people start to work. Do you see immediately the people that are are kind of rising to the top in the servant leaders role? Yeah.
0: So, so, he, so here's the weird thing about that is that I feel like a lot of times you can tell right away when somebody's really, really good. But you can't always tell if somebody is going to become good because some people, they're naturally a little bit shyer or maybe they're the type of person who they need a little bit more one on one before they feel secure in, you know, leading the store or 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 doing that job. So um, it's easy to tell the ones that you think are going to be amazing right away. Um, then there's this whole group that you're like, I'm not sure about them, and sometimes they're the ones that actually surprise you and become the most consistent and loyal uh, servant and servant uh, employees. Would
1: those be the people that uh, Truett Cathy talked about, like the C-grade people? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah.
0: Because you have people that have natural competence and a natural competitiveness, and they're easy to Spot. shine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're going to shine at first. But um, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, a sprinter compared to uh, cross country you know some people are sprinting and they look amazing but if if you give you know go with the long haul they can't do it
1: yes i want to say thank you for joining us here on a service journey and so rocky until next time i am your ever faithful companion larry
0: have i said that you're the guacamole to my taco yes i have really yeah geez so yeah. my puns are becoming <laughs> uh, okay so we're gonna we're gonna find another one okay you're my popcorn to my coke
1: all right right. i'll I'll take the popcorn for sure all right
0: anyways guys uh we're all on a journey and we believe that it's how you serve in that role that's important and that's why we're gonna uh, that's why we're gonna be sharing every wednesday a server's journey so i'm rocky de stefano i want to thank you for joining with us as together we become better leaders